You're listening to Sportsnet Today with Logan Gordon on Sportsnet 960, The Fan. It's hour two of Sportsnet Today here on Sportsnet 960, The Fan on a Flames game day. Logan Gordon along with you live in the Doug Lacey's Basement Systems downtown studios. Hour one in the books, chatted with Julian McKenzie. He is in New Jersey getting set for the Flames and the Devils. Also chatted with our Thursday regular Adnan Vert from NHL Network. If you missed any of that, check us out on the podcast, Google, Amazon, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Still to come in hour two, we'll check in in the Flames locker room here from head coach Ryan Huska, Jonathan Huberto, and Martin Pospisal, all before a five o'clock puck drop with Derek Wills and Megan Mickelson. Pat Steinberg's got your Flames warm up at four o'clock right here on your home of the Calgary Flames. We're kicking off hour two with a look at the opposition first meeting this season between the Flames and the New Jersey Devils and to help us take a look at the opponent today. Very happy to go down the Atlas Pizza and Sports Bar guest hotline and welcome in James Nichols, New Jersey Devils beat reporter for New Jersey Devils Hockey Now. James, thanks for the time today, man. How are you? I'm good, Logan. Thanks so much for having me. No, hey, appreciate the time. Uh, interesting year for the New Jersey Devils. I think pretty high expectations coming in and uh, as we chat today uh, in a battle for an Eastern Conference wildcard spot, what's kind of been the storyline for the New Jersey Devils, 48 games in, in your mind. Yeah, storyline's been injuries, injuries, and more injuries, plus, you know, subpar goaltending. So um, they've been having to, you know, overcome that obstacle all season. They've kind of hung around in the mix and, um, you know, won a good game the other night against the Colorado Avalanche. So, uh, you know, with Jack back tonight, they're kind of hoping to ride that wave of momentum and, and get themselves back into playoff position. You know, getting healthier now. Keegan Dollar skating, Smith is skating. You know, so everybody really, but Dougie Hamilton is almost back in the lineup. So um, obviously Hamilton's a big loss, but you know they will uh, be mostly healthy pretty pretty soon. How hard was that loss early in the season, losing a guy like Dougie and having such a young decor having to take on that kind of responsibility? Yeah, it, it's tough, especially on the power play. He's he's their PP one quarterback and. You know, they, they saw a significant dip in production when he went down. So, you know, that was really what was keeping them afloat. Obviously, the Devils know how to score, um, especially on the man advantage. But, you know, they were suffering at uh, five on five uh, a little bit early in the year. And, and that power play was really, um, you know, it, it was their strength. They were number one in the league for, I want to say, the first two, three months of the of the season. Uh, now they're they're down, you know, in the, in the top ten, but closer to ten than they are five. Um you know, and, and it's tough you, when you lose your number one guy. You know, Simone Nemec has come in and, and played excellent as a, as a rookie, but, you know, it's, it's never easy to lose your number one guy like that. So, uh, you know, they're hoping to have him back for the playoffs. But, yeah, big big hit uh, to, to their blue line early in the season. Yeah, it's interesting because I think every time we talk about New Jersey out west here, as you talk about, you know, especially on the, the back end, right, the talent that they're building. You mentioned Nemec. Obviously, Luke Hughes is there. And, and that's always great to have those young guys in the lineup, but I'm sure you'd agree you'd rather have them sort of build up their NHL time and their NHL resume before having to hand them, you know, super key moments on in an important season. Yeah, it, it's definitely been a struggle. I mean, you know, the, the funny thing is, and it's been interesting for me to watch, is that I actually think that Nemich and Hughes have been playing rather well, and it's actually been, you know, guys like John Marino and Kevin Ball who have struggled a little bit this year. Um, you know, their counterparts from last season, Damon Severson, Ryan Graves, go to different teams. Um, and something about them on the blue line just, just really worked. So, 
Um, I, I think that, that Ball and Marino have actually had a, a harder time than Nemec and, and Hughes have because um, something that Jack said to us last year always stuck with me. You know, ignorance is bliss. And, you know, these young guys, they go into the lineup and, and they don't really know any better. And they just, you know, play. Yeah. And Nemec has been incredible. Hughes has been very good as well. Um, so they're playing really well. I mean, look, rookie mistakes happen here and there, but um, it's been really fun to watch those two guys. Um, and, you know, they're, I think they're hoping to, you know, hopefully add a veteran on the blue line to, to stabilize the, the goals against here. You mentioned the goaltending. Uh, Got to be frustrating for this group. They've run through so many goaltenders the last couple of years, uh, James, as they've tried to find that number one. And I don't know if you disagree or not, but it doesn't feel like anybody's really grabbed that role this season either. No, definitely not. I mean, it's been whichever way the wind blows. You know, uh, Akira Schmidt at the beginning of the year was playing better than Vanacek. You know, Vanacek had really struggled out of the gate. Um, but then they opted to send him down to the AHL because he struggled himself a little bit. Vanacek never quite recovered, although recently he's played a little bit better. Then they bring up Nico Dawes, and he has some impressive starts. He actually, he, you know, he looked like, after his hip surgery that he had, he you know, was talking about how it really opened him up. You know, his, his hips were not able to do certain things that they are able to do now post-surgery. So he looks pretty promising. But I, I tend to believe that Fitzgerald wants, you know, somebody in net with a little more experience going on a, or trying to get back into the postseason. So, um, yeah, it's been, it's been a, a struggle. It's been, you know, whichever way the wind blows, whoever's, you know, hot at the moment is in net uh, recently. That's been Vanacek, and looks like he'll start again tonight. Would a veteran goaltender like a, I don't know, a Jacob Markstrom be somebody that the New Jersey <laughs> Devils uh, would see as a potential fix to their goaltending issues? Uh, yeah, especially long-term. You know, I know, and you know as well, you know, Markstrom comes with a couple extra years on that contract. That's certainly somebody that they have been looking at, have been talking to Craig Conroy about. Um, but you know as well as I do, it's going to take something for, you know, Calgary's management to turn around to Markstrom and, and say, hey, would you, would you waive that, that no-move clause here? Because we, we have a real significant offer that, you know, we're contemplating so long as you would want to go. So I think that's definitely somebody who's on their, uh, their checklist that they would like to at least inquire about. I think it definitely addresses a need, especially for at least the next couple of years. Um, until one of these, you know, younger goaltenders, maybe Schmidt, maybe Dawes. Um, I know they they like the kid Tyler Brennan down in the farm system. One of them are ready to really take the reins as a starting goaltender in New Jersey. Uh, you mentioned the need, perhaps, of a veteran defenseman, and I'm just connecting dots because they're they're easy and they're fun for us here in Calgary. And I know Chris Tanev's a name that's been of interest in in New Jersey again. Is that a potential fit that you like in New Jersey? Does that fit the bill of – and look, I'm just saying Tanner because we know he's out there here in Calgary, but is that the kind of guy that New Jersey would be looking to add at the deadline? Yeah, for sure. Uh, you know, a guy like Tanner, even a guy like Hannafin, I think anybody, um, you know, who's going to be able to help the blue line keep pucks out of high-danger areas in the defensive zone who are going to make the jobs on the Devils goaltenders a little bit easier – is going to be somebody that the Devils are interested in. Now, are they interested in a, uh, a rental like Tanev, or are they interested in a guy like uh, Hannafin, who is going to be probably someone who's going to be around for a little while? I know he's a UFA, but you know Fitzgerald tends to like to extend the guys that he acquires. So um, I could see him you know, acquiring a Hannafin and wanting to extend him. I don't know if he would exactly want to do that with Tanev. I don't see why he wouldn't. He's just a little bit older. 
Um, and it makes me wonder if it, if it makes sense to extend him any any further than past his uh, age 34 season. Um, but, you know, Hannafin is a guy who I look at and I say, well, they just lost Dougie Hamilton. Mm-hmm. And they play a, a similar game. He can really move the puck well. He's, he's good on both sides of the puck. So um, it is someone who does make sense. But it's going to come at a heavy cost. Speaking of that cost, what what in your mind is New Jersey willing to spend here? Are we talking about a team that is only going to offer up futures, like first-round picks, prospects sort of thing? Or is there players lower down in this lineup that have some potential that might be of interest if Tom Fitzgerald got the right fit in return? Yeah, you know, I've, I've heard people talk about would the Devils want to trade Simone Nemec. In my opinion, from what I've been told and what I've heard, He's an untouchable. He looks like an absolute stud in the future. So I don't see someone like Simone Nemich, a Luke Hughes. I don't see them moving. Yeah. Um, but I look at a guy like Alexander Holt, a little further down the lineup, hasn't been able to quite crack the top six. He's been there a few times here and there, but um, hasn't been able to stick. But a former seventh overall pick, you know, he's, he was drafted for that, that shot that everybody knows. He's really good. He knows how to score really well. I mean, eight of his – 10 or 11 goals this season have all opened the scoring for New Jersey this year. They've struggled to score first. They've given up the first goal of the game 35 times this year. However, eight times Holtz has scored for the Devils first. So he has something about him where he knows how to get things going for the Devils, but there's just something about him that Lindy Ruff has seen that he doesn't like to trust him in a top six situation. Um, but I think he still has value. Again, he's young. He's only 22 years old. He's got that, you know, 30 goal uh, uh, shot caliber in him, you know, maybe even more. So I could see somebody like him. I know the, the Flames are looking at guys who can get right into the roster, kind of like Jaeger Sharangovich, kind of like how they just got Andre Kuzmenko. Yeah. I could see Alexander being that guy, plus, you know, obviously other assets to acquire someone like a Hannafin or a Mark Schultz. Um, well, speaking of the, the, the Flames and Jaeger Sharangovich, obviously a relationship between these two GMs going back to the summer. We saw Tyler Toffoli heading to New Jersey. How's the fit been for uh, the veteran forward so far this season? Yeah, it's been interesting, right? Because they're both leading their teams in goal scoring, right? Sharon Goldberg is tied with um, uh, Blake Coleman, and, and Foley is leading the Devils with 21. Um, so it's been good to see it works out for both teams. Foley's been great. Um, you know, he went cold a little, a little bit there when Jack went down, and they were trying to find the right fit for him. Uh, but then he exploded, you know, when uh, he was paired with Jesper Bratt one game and uh, scored a hat trick and. Um, you know, I think they really like him next to Jack Hughes. You know, super, and you know, he's he's a super smart player. He's not the fastest, but he knows where to put himself um, on the ice to put himself in scoring position. Um, I, I was really impressed when he first came to New Jersey to just see his uh, level of IQ out on the ice to put himself in, in the right places at the right time. So um, it's been really good. I know Fitzgerald's a fan of Toffoli, and, um, you know, they're actually looking to extend him. Uh, Fitzgerald told us that a couple uh, a couple weeks ago. Um right before a, a, a Devils event. So, yeah, pretty. Uh, it's been pretty good. Yeah, it sure seems like it's been a, a good fit for Tyler, and we know him obviously well here in Calgary, and that's where I was going next. was curious if the fit had been so good that they had gone down that, that road about keeping him for an extension because rentals are, are always fun, but, you know, uh, given where New Jersey's at and the future that they're looking at, to only only 31 makes sense to want to stick around with this kind of young core. And like you said, Jack Hughes has been probably his most – frequent running main in New Jersey, and uh, it makes sense to keep a guy playing well with Jack Hughes, right? Yeah, absolutely. And, and you know, if not for just the fact that he's been so good with Jack Hughes, you know, there's there's a lot to say about how much experience he has in the playoffs. You know, that's why they yes. signed a guy like Andre Pilat, 
you know, and, and that's why they're trying to get more veteran leadership in that room. Um, you see a guy like Curtis Lazar come in. You see a guy like Thomas Nosa come in. These guys have been on winning teams that, that have been in, um, you know, high-pressure playoff positions. Um, and Tyler Toffoli fits that bill. Plus, you know, he's, a, he's an excellent top-six scorer um, who is perfect on the wing next to Jack Hughes. So um, I think that, you know, that's exactly the reason why they want to keep a guy like him around. How long they want to keep him around for, I, I don't know yet. I'd be surprised to see, you know, a, a super long-term deal, like a seven eight-year deal, if they can get him in around four or five years, you know, I think they do something like that. Uh, he's not the only forward that New Jersey's gone out and gotten in the last 300 days or so. Obviously, Timo Meyer was their big trade deadline acquisition last year. It doesn't look like it's fit perfectly since coming over to New Jersey, at least from the outside looking in, 19 points in, in 35 games this year, James. Uh, fair to say that they're still trying to find that that sweet spot for Timo Meyer in New Jersey? Yeah, you know what? I, it, he's got that presence about him that when you see him out on the ice, you know that he knows how to control the shift. He knows how to control the play. I, I think he's an excellent forward, uh, an elite top six winger. Um, it's just been, you know, where is he going to be in the lineup? Who is he going to play next to? I think he fits in really well with Nico Heischer. Um, I, I like them together, but there are a lot of other players who play well with Nico Heischer too. Yes, for Brat being one of them, Andre Palat. The thing about Meyer this season has been he's been injured himself. I know we, we talked about injuries a little bit earlier, um, but Meyer's been susceptible to that too. Two different injury stints where he really started to get himself going, um, scoring each of those in before he got injured. Each time he scored th- uh, three straight goals in three games. Um, and then, you know, he wound up getting injured again and, uh, you know, cutting that momentum, severing that momentum. So, um, you know, he's been back for a handful of games now. He's looked really good in the lineup. He's been playing next to guys like Dawson Mercer uh, and Eric Howla. I think for him, he just needs that consistency. Where is he going to be in the lineup? Who are going to be his line mates? Um, it, it's, been, it's been tough, but he just needs that opportunity to be the volume shooter that he is. Um, he hasn't really gotten to be able to do that. Uh, he's probably average, I want to say, two and a half shots a game, which is good. But for him, you know, he's more of a five or six shot a game kind of guy. Um, and if he's not, you know, scoring from volume shooting, he's scoring from, you know, being that, that front presence, uh, just disturbing the goaltender's vision and, and cleaning up the rebounds in front of the net. So he's been doing that a lot more, but he needs to take more shots. And I think once he starts doing that, that'll be his, uh, his ascension to, to more goals for the Devils and, and be that player that they know that they were acquiring. We're talking to James Nichols, who covers the New Jersey Devils for New Jersey Hockey now, and look at the opposition tonight for the Calgary Flames, the New Jersey Devils, uh, their first meeting in Jersey this season. Just a couple more for you, James. Uh, curious with the standings, the way they are right now, New Jersey five points back in Detroit for that final wild card spot. I, I know we talked about the injuries and that stuff you can't really control. I guess based on where expectations were for this group to start the season, would missing the playoffs be considered a, a big miss for this team this year? You know what? It, it would definitely be disappointing. Um, none of those guys in the room want to do it, but I don't see it as a major step back. You know, I think that they, you know, like we said, you know, injuries aren't an excuse and they've definitely suffered a lot of those this year. Um, but you know, it, those, those are tough to overcome. Now, they're getting healthier down the stretch, and they want to, you know, collect as many points as they can. Um, but I feel like every team goes through a, a regression at some point. This team is on the up and up, um, and even if they do end up missing some uh, the playoffs this year, you know, I think there's a, um, a lot of players in the lineup right now that 
They gained experience that they didn't think we were going to, you know, a la Simone Nemec, a la Sinteri Hitaka, who's been playing really well for the for the Devils uh, over the last couple days. Um, it would be disappointing, but it wouldn't be the worst thing. I look at teams like Tampa Bay, who have done the same thing, and I look at them. They came back, you know, a couple of a uh, couple of years later, and then got back in the playoffs and eventually won that Stanley Cup. So, um, I think it's productive struggle for the Devils this year. Will the next month or so go a long way for for Tom Fitzgerald to determine what he wants to do or needs to do ahead of the trade deadline? Yeah, for sure. You know, again, they're getting healthier. Who's going to be um, sticking in the lineup moving forward? What are their biggest needs right now? I, you know, I was talking to somebody about this the other day, and I was saying a, a trade for a goaltender midseason is complicated, especially if they're going for somebody, uh, you know, of the – echelon of Jacob Markstrom, uh, John Gibson, these guys will have term. Those tend to be harder, bigger, uh, bigger deals to make. So perhaps they acquire a defenseman, they go with the goaltender that they have, or they do a rental like uh, Kockanen, Um And they, they do everything they can to get back in the playoffs. But, um, you know, they need to give Fitzgerald reason to uh, make an addition here because if they're out of it by the trade deadline, you know, might as well just sit on, you know, what you have maybe – gain some assets to use in the summer to make some upgrades when you have more time to do it. Um, they definitely need to collect as many points as possible before Marge or Fitzgerald to say, all right, uh, even though we're not in it, we're close, and uh, let's make an upgrade here. Uh, James, before we let you go, New Jersey, one of those teams, don't see a ton of, obviously, uh, in separate conferences. We know the Jack Hughes. We know the Nico Heashers. Who's somebody under the radar that uh, listeners out here in Calgary uh, might not know of, but you've got a lot of respect for their game in New Jersey this season. <laughs> um, you know, I feel like we don't. So I know he just went to the All-Star game. I feel like we don't give Jesper Brad enough credit, right? We have yeah. Jack Hughes here. We talk about Timo Meyer a lot. The, the rookies in, in Luke and Simone have been really good this year. Uh, and the storyline around the goaltending has just been hard to not pay attention to. Um, but Jesper Brat has really just been so good this year. I mean, he's, he's been buoying the offense in Jack's absence. Um, he's just an excellent distributor, an excellent uh, puck transitioner, and he just reads the game so well. Um, I was happy to see he got rewarded with going to the All-Star game, although he was, you know, on the beach in Mexico and probably would have rather have been there. Um, but, you know, he, he just he really deserved it. He's you know, a former six-round pick, a guy who, you know, made the Devils right out of, you know, being drafted and, and really surprised everybody and, and just elevated his game. So, he certainly earned that long-term extension. Uh, he certainly earned that all-star nomination. And I know Jack Hughes is coming back tonight, but if you're a Calgary fan who doesn't get to watch the Devils a lot, keep your eyes on Jesper Bratt. You'll be impressed with what you see. Uh, love it. James, great stuff, man. Really appreciate uh, the insight. Thanks for taking some time for us up here in Calgary. Uh, enjoy the game tonight. Hope we can do this again sometime. Yeah, absolutely. Anytime. Thanks, James. Take care, man. Enjoy the game. You too. James Nichols joining us down the Atlas Pizza and Sports Bar guest hotline he covers the new jersey devils for new jersey hockey now helping us with a look at the opposition the new jersey devils entering action against the calgary flames on thursday with 48 games played 53 points a 25 20 and 3 record it's not bad but they're still five points out uh from catching detroit they got two games in hand so it's not impossible math but similar to teams in the western conference like the calgary flames Pittsburgh's ahead of them uh, and has games in hand. The New York Islanders uh, are ahead of them. The uh, Washington Capitals 
are two points behind New Jersey. Montreal is three points behind New Jersey. It's a dogfight for wild card spots right now. And if you're the New Jersey Devils, if you're five points out, say you're in the same spot a week out from the trade deadline, and you're Tom Fitzgerald, are you are you throwing a first round pick out for a defenseman? I don't know that you are, especially if you're not in a playoff spot. All of a sudden, that picks a top twenty pick, and you don't make the playoffs. I'm sure New Jersey could survive it, given the fact that they've drafted pretty well and they've kept a lot of assets the last few seasons. If you're not there, you're you're probably best to sit on your assets. And look, I do agree that there is a very tantalizing connection between Jacob Markstrom and the New Jersey Devils. If I was Tom Fitzgerald, that would be a guy that I am certainly looking at. And um, look, it's going to be hard for us to not connect those two. It's going to come down to what Jacob Markstrom does. And wants to do he's got control of that situation but at six million dollars a year maybe you convince the flames to retain some of that money and, and make it a little bit more of an easy fit for new jersey i'd be all over that because it really feels like that's the last piece missing in new jersey and you can't you've got jack hughes signed to this good contract you've got you mentioned Jesper brought nico keisher signed up right now like it is turning into time to win for the New Jersey Devils, and their goaltending this year has been putrid. It's been putrid for a couple of years because they've run through like 10 different goaltenders. Some of it's been injury. Some of it's just been poor play. But these are the numbers tonight. Uh, Vanacek expected to get the start. He's got a 3.23 goals against and an 8.88 save percentage. That's disgusting. That's gross. Those kind of numbers got Jack Campbell sent down to the American Hockey League where he hasn't been back yet. Somehow he's 17-8 and eight with those numbers. Nico Dawes, not any better. 343 and an 895. Akira Schmidt, who came in last year and had some good moments for him. He's a 326 and an 893. They, they, they don't have a goaltender right now that can hit a 900 save percentage. That's not a playoff team. That's nowhere close to a playoff team. But to James's point, in-season goaltending moves rarely work out. And if you're New Jersey, maybe you're better to reset some of those assets and have that conversation in the offseason, whether it's a Markstrom or a Gibson, whoever you want to bring in. But, man, if that's not top priority – for this team heading into the offseason, I don't know what is. Because they've got all the pieces going forward. They've got stud defensemen, Luke Hughes, Nemich. I mentioned the forwards, Hughes. Uh, I still think Timo Myers are really strong. Dawson Mercer is a strong player. Jesper Brat, Nico Heischer. Like, it's a good team. If you give them league average goaltending, they're probably well in a playoff spot right now. Uh, they desperately need two points. We'll see what they bring to the table Thursday night against the Calgary Flames. Again, they are five points back of new of Detroit as we enter action on Thursday night uh, as part of the NHL schedule flames in a similar race in the Western conference. Uh, they are three points back of the St. Louis blues with the Seattle Kraken and Nashville predators in between them. And St. Louis currently holds a game in hand on the Calgary flames 
Flames and Devils, part of a busy night in the NHL. Seven games on tap. You've got uh, the battle of the two conference leaders at 5 o'clock on Sportsnet, Canucks and Bruins. Caps Panthers, Sportsnet West uh, is uh, got the game tonight uh, on TV for the Flames and Devils at 5. Jets Flyers, Avs Hurricanes, Lightning Islanders, and Sportsnet 360 ends the night off with the Golden Knights and the Arizona Coyotes at 7 o'clock. So seven games including, of course, the Flames and the Devils. We'll take a break. We'll come back on the other side. Get you caught up with everything you need to know from the Flames locker room. We'll hear from head coach Ryan Huska and more as we continue to get you set on the Flames game day here on Sportsnet 960, the fan. All right, let's keep getting you set for a game day in New Jersey, the Flames and the Devils. Their lone meeting in New Jersey this season. Coming off a big win over the Boston Bruins on Tuesday. Per the team, looks like we'll see the same lines and D pairings that we saw in that victory over Boston. So your new top line of Huberto, Sharon Govich, Kuzmenko, Kadri, Wazeri, and Pospisil, hopefully for the entire game. Manchapani with Backlund and Coleman. Pelche with Rooney and Dewar. Uyghur Anderson, Hannafin Tanev, Shillington Pahal, and Jacob Markstrom in goal for the Calgary Flames. Vitek Vanacek set to get the start in goal for the New Jersey Devils, who will have Captain Jack Hughes back in their lineup on a line with former Flame Tyler Toffoli and Alexander Holt. Should be a good one. Looking forward to it. Both teams right in the midst of a uh, battle for a wild card spot in their respective conferences. Let's check in on the Flames locker room on a game day. Let's hear from head coach Ryan Huska. His thoughts ahead of this battle with the New Jersey Devils Thursday night. And for some Flames hockey, uh, Flames and Devils, here's the head coach. Well, maybe let's just start with uh, with Martin because uh, yesterday being kind of a big day for him. Um, you know, just, just kind of a thought on the way he's asserted himself into your lineup and what he's given you since he's come in. Uh, well, first, I, I feel like he, he deserved the extension that he got. I mean, when he and Connor came into our lineup, we were struggling. And I thought Marty in particular brought a different dynamic to our team with the speed that he plays the game with, but also the size and the physicality that he he brings to the table. And that was something that we were missing early on. So he found a, a bit of a, a hole in our lineup and um, and good on him. He, he understands how he has to come to the rink every day to play. And, and he's been a really important person for our team. And when he hasn't been in our lineup, you've noticed his absence. So that says a lot about who he is and who he's become. What kind of an effect can that have on the rest of your young guys, seeing that that opportunity comes with those types of rewards? Yeah, I, I think uh, a pretty significant one. When you look at our group right now, we've had a lot of players that have come up from the Wranglers. And I think when they see guys um, like Marty have success, um, especially early, and they see more guys getting called up after that and having opportunities to play, it, it keeps the hope or belief alive that their chance is coming. So they push themselves as well. Um, and I think it probably makes them feel much better even when they see the success that those players are having. So they probably realize that I'm not that far off. I just have to stay with it. When he was called up, I think a lot of fans were almost surprised because he wasn't on the maybe the radar of the team's top prospects. But the organization always believed in him, and mm-hmm. that was clear. So going back to last year, maybe years prior, <clears throat> why? Is this what we're seeing now because do you guys believe that this was the player you could see? Yeah, well, for, for us as coaches at this level, um, he was a little bit of an unknown, but Craig was always a guy that, that pushed him and believed in him. And the challenge that he had um, early on in the minors was he, he wasn't able to stay healthy. 
Um, but when you look at the the package that he has and the size that he is, you often wonder, like, why aren't you an NHL player? And I, I think he's got to the point where he understands now how he has to play the game to make sure he can stay in there consistently. Um, but I think having Craig in his corner to start with and then earning the trust and, um, you know, the developing the relationships with the Wranglers coaching staff allowed us to feel confident when we gave him the opportunity here. And now, as I said, he's he's done a great job of making sure he's he's in the lineup and he's going to stay in there. Uh, 800-2 tonight for uh, for Jonathan Huberto mm-hmm. and uh, you know, pushing 700 points. We know kind of the player he is, but maybe just recently what you've seen from, from him. And uh, there's been some different combinations in terms of lines for him, but, um, you know, what, what are you getting from Jonathan as a player? Yeah, this is a big night. I mean, 800 games is, is not a, a small task when you look at what goes into being an NHL player and the, the grind that comes along with it. So, I mean, this is a night that he should be very, very proud of. Um, but for him, I feel like his game is starting to come and go in the right direction. He's moving his feet now more than we saw at the beginning portion of the year, and because of that, the chances are coming. And um, sometimes when you're an offensive player and you're not getting the chances um, or you're not feeling like you're contributing the way you should, it weighs on a guy. Um, but I think right now he's been in a position where he's connecting with some of the plays he's making. He's been around the net more, and I think he's feeling much better about where he's at with his game right now. Coach, can you uh, share with us if there will be any uh, lineup changes? Um, we will be going with the same lineup. Yeah. What What have you liked about Sharon Govich since his arrival? Um, he's added a different dynamic to our team. He's got a good skill set. Um, that That's one thing for sure. The shot that he has is something that we, we use and, and we value a lot. And um, I think he gives us the ability to have a guy play different positions. Like he's played on the wall. He's playing in the middle of the ice right now. Um, and he, he can play all sorts of different ways, I guess. Like he's a penalty killer for us. He's in it on our first power play unit. Um, and he's centering our top line, if you want to call it that, right now. So he's been a he's been a real important ad for us for sure. There you go checking in with the head coach Ryan Huska on a game day. As you noted, same lineup that the Flames brought to Boston on Tuesday. Jacob Markstrom gets the start in goal, and uh, touched on Martin Pospisil and Jonathan Huberto. We'll hear from both of them coming up in just moments. We'll start with Martin Pospisil. He got the contract extension yesterday, two year deal. $1 million on the AAV for the youngster. And it's just been a really fun story. Martin Pospisil came out of nowhere this season, 24 years old, having himself a, a really good year. I know he got ejected in the game against Boston, uh, but 11 points in 34 games. And as Ryan mentioned, he just kind of brings something to this group that they don't have in spades. And whether you want to call it mucking it up or greasing it up, um, it's something that Martin does very well and has a big effect on the games. And I like what Ryan said about feeling like you miss him during those games. And it's not because he's put up these massive point totals, but you can have an impact on a game without putting up points. And that's what Martin's been able to do. He has, I'm wrong, the 11 points are nice. He's fit in very nicely with Zari and Kadri on that second line for the Calgary Flames. But even when he's not putting up those points, he's been a noticeable player every game, and you want as many of those kind of guys, I think, if, as you can if you're the Calgary Flames guys that, you know, just because the puck's not going in the net doesn't mean they're not going to have an impact on the game. So really low risk, I think high reward, potential signing for the Calgary Flames with Martin Pospisil now under team control 
for two more years. He's still going to be an RFA when it's all said and done. A million dollars not going to break the bank for this team with the salary cap going up uh, over the next couple seasons. So good piece of work by Craig Conroy and some stability for the youngster who wasn't on a lot of people's radar when the season began. Uh, an obviously very excited and happy Martin Pospisil uh, spoke to the media ahead of today's game against the New Jersey Devils. Let's check in with number 76. Well, first of all, uh, congratulations on uh, the new deal. What, um, what does it mean to, to sign and then know you're sticking around for a couple more years after this in Calgary? Yeah, it means a lot, uh, especially uh, the, uh, it, wasn't, it wasn't an easy way to get here. And uh, yeah, I'm really excited uh, to, to play for, for the Flames for another two years. I'm really excited uh, uh, to play and, uh, you know, uh, uh, Calgary has a great fans and uh, it's it's fun to play. So uh, yeah, super excited and uh, I think it'll, it'll be fun. Does a, does signing that deal make you appreciate that journey a little bit? Just about how how it took to get here and, and to appreciate the you know being here. For sure, um, uh, it does. Uh, it was a, like I said, it wasn't easy and uh, uh, it's just another motivation for 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 the uh, for the. Uh, future and uh, and uh, it feels great, but uh, this is this is not uh, done. I'm uh, just on the beginning. This is the start, and uh, um, I'm gonna I'm gonna give it uh, all every day, like I did before. And uh, and uh, you know, all my style is based on on the work, and uh, uh, I'm trying to bring it every day, uh, even if the, my team is sometimes doesn't like in the practice. But that's that's who I am, and. <laughs> And I just wanna, I just wanna win the, win the, win the every game and uh, get better every day. You didn't have to buy a dinner or anything last night, did you? Or did you... Actually, I did. I went with Vladi to check a restaurant, so it was, it was pretty, pretty good. And uh, uh, yeah, uh, I'm excited for for the for the game tonight. When you and uh, your agent got done with the contract, what was the first feeling you remember feeling? I. That was, you know, like still, I, I, I still now I can really believe it. You know, it everything uh, happening like so fast, and yeah, I'm trying to trying to enjoy it. And uh, you know, I, I, first first I called my uh, my parents and my brother, and yeah, they were really happy, uh, same as me. And um, maybe after season I will realize what what really happened. But uh, yeah, I'm just. Uh, trying to focus on, on the, every every game and uh, and be ready for for the for the for the next game. Craig Conroy is a guy who has always believed in you, and when you're going through the injuries and the adversity, you had to battle through to get here. How nice is it to know in the back of your head that you had the support from the organization to, to get to this point? Yeah, it's it's great. Uh, that's what I should uh, say first. First thing that this organization was always believing me, even. Uh, uh, through through a really tough time, I didn't play many games, and uh, and they were still believing me, and uh, I'm I'm really appreciative for it, and I'm uh, trying to uh, to show them uh, every game that uh, that uh, they wasn't they wasn't uh, wrong with with the belief, and and uh, yeah, I'm really appreciative for that, and uh, trying to trying to work uh, work hard as I can. There you go, Martin Pospisil speaking to the media on Thursday after signing a two-year contract extension with the Calgary Flames worth $2 million, $1 million on the AAV. And you got to love the kid. Just a start, 
it's the beginning, not the end for him. It doesn't mean he's going to put it in cruise control. Not that I think he knows how to, but certainly not a guy that sounds like he's going to rest on it. And I love that tidbit, him and Dan Vladar. First day after a big contract, Dan just goes, yeah, congratulations, Rook. You got, you got dinner tonight. Uh, teammates always having fun. But, yeah, great for Martin Pospisil. Uh, again, I just go back to the beginning of the season, and we heard all about this young influx of players, and Craig Conroy was going to give youngsters a chance. And, look, a lot of it had to do with injury that I think a lot of people like myself probably didn't put Martin Pospisil on their radar because you just hadn't seen a lot of them back in the days of Stockton, you know, 26 games one year, 14, 47. It's hard to get a real feel for a guy when you just don't see him in the lineup consistently. But clearly, as you heard, Craig Conroy always had a good sense of what this player could be and, it's 34 games into his NHL career, but it's been a very successful 34 games when your head coach is talking about when you're not in the lineup, we miss that guy. Like it's noticeable when Martin Pospisil is not in the lineup. That's a pretty big compliment when you think about it from a head coach to a guy that's only played 34 games in an NHL season. It's uh, It's been a great story for Martin Pospisil and um, one that you would expect to continue. He's been a great part of that line with Zary and Kadri. And we'll see him in that spot again Thursday when the Flames take on the New Jersey Devils. The other uh, Flame we'll hear from before wrapping up the show, Jonathan Huberto, perhaps his best game as a member of the Calgary Flames, came Tuesday in Boston, showed some great chemistry on that line with Sharon Govich and Kuzmenko. And it's a milestone night for him Thursday in New Jersey. He will reach the 800 games played mark in the NHL. And uh, he reflects on that and reflects on a good start to the road trip for his line when he spoke to the media before a game against the New Jersey Devils on Thursday. Uh, 800 tonight. I I, uh, I know it's kind of uh, you know another milestone that comes along the way, but um, you know what does it mean to uh, hit a milestone that's you know pressing up on 1,000? Yeah, I think like you said, getting closer to 1,000. I think you know that's where you, when you think about it. I mean, you don't know how your career is gonna go, but it's it's pretty cool. I mean, to hit like uh, a number like that. I mean, 800 is pretty good. But like I said, I think it's uh, it's getting closer to 1,000. That's uh, that's your goal. And uh, just just thankful, you know, to be able to play this game, your passion, you know, the, and then do that every day, every day of your life. Do you kind of look back though on, um, you know, on the on the journey, and um, you know, just really the fact that uh, you, you know, continue to make an impact every uh, every stop and every opportunity you get, um, you know, it, it's that's kind of part of it, right? Is you want to be here, but but be making a difference. For sure. I mean, when you get older, I think you still want to be a big part of the team, and you know, that's uh, that's what I'm trying to do. I think work hard every day. But it's, uh, you know, just appreciate all the moments. That's what you want to do because you don't play till you know, your whole life. I think it's, uh, you know, it's going to stop at some point. But I think appreciate every moment. I mean, there's going to be some hard ones and uh, some tough ones. But I think, you know, always come back and be be grateful and, and you know, that, that you can play that game. So. 
big stretch here for uh, your group as well. Um, what about tonight and uh, kind of continuing what you guys, you know, you talked about it after Boston, but just, uh, you know, come back to that game. Yeah, it's important. I think we had a good first game back, and I think we just got to keep keep going. I think, you know, that's uh, so we need resiliency from our team. That's what we need, consistency as well. So I think, uh, you know, first game is was good, but then we need to follow that up, you know, tonight in Jersey. So just one more on 800. I'm curious what you remember of game one. Uh, I remember obviously your first goal. I mean, I got lucky. Yep. I could score my, my first first goal in my first game, and uh, yeah, I just remember. I think I was sitting beside Kovalev uh, that, that first game, so I was pretty impressed uh, with that. You know, having the chance to play my first game with with a guy I looked up to. So. There you go, Jonathan Huberto had a game number eight hundred in his NHL career. Congratulations on a big milestone. Flames forward going to look to uh, make game eight hundred as successful as seven ninety nine was. Three points in that win over the Boston Bruins. Checking on the text line uh, for the first time before we close things out on this Thursday edition of Sportsnet today. Uh, this text just comes in as we were talking about Martin Pospisil. The classic Kevin Garnett line reimagined as anything is possible. Yeah, we like, yeah, I like it. I got a chuckle. Vickers is here getting ready for Flames. He liked that. Uh, I also believe this came from Flames Talk on Wednesday. Uh, you guys were trying to create a nickname for the new top line, and I don't think you guys were very successful. Um, we're sitting, this one came in, Hubie Shark Coos. Rolls off the tongue. Hubie Shark line. I mean, we were soliciting opinions, suggestions. I don't think we never necessarily settled on anything. The debate is still alive and well, as I can see on the text line. Yeah. One, two, three line was uh, one of the suggestions because if you add up all the numbers of the players on that line, it's 123, but still very open in my books. It's not bad. I don't mind that. That's uh, Hubie. I don't know, Shan. Hubie Charcuz. I don't know if that really. No, it does. It doesn't roll off. It, it doesn't. It's not smooth. Huber Mikovic. <laughs> that that I can get on board with a little bit. Those are not. Huber, those are three names that are hard to mash together. Huber Mikovic. I didn't mind Charcuz Bordeaux. That one rolled off the tongue. Then a I little just want to say charcuterie. You could call it the charcuterie line. I wouldn't oh. hate that because they, they what they they dice up goals. Nice. They serve it out on a platter. I think Cam's cooking here. I don't know if he is. No, I don't think so. Either. I never cook. It's just hard. How do you bring? It'll Huberto? come. Alphabet line. Lots of letters in those three names. There are yeah, a lot certainly of a lot of letters. Like a French Canadian name with a Belarusian and then another Russian. Just doesn't. None of it flows. And they're trying. They clearly, you guys hit a nerve with this on Flamestock, clearly, but Darren from Mackenzie Lake says, God, can I even pronounce this? Kesmerdovich. <laughs> what? Kes, Kesmerdovich. You can't you can't force it, you know. You gotta it'll it'll come in time. Uh but you can't force it. Charmin Dewline. No. I think Sharon Ubermenko. <laughs> let's just let's just mash these three the, names. The as well timeline, as we aka it's about freaking time. I like that. I mean, it wouldn't stick, but I like it. Greg and Martindale says the husky line. I don't think we need to bring their weight into it. All those guys seem like they're in great shape, Greg. <laughs> Shag, Koozie, and Hubie Doo. That's funny. I like that. It's not, not bad. It's not bad. Um, Shark, Coos, Bordeaux. 
Am I saying that right? Like, this is... Shark who's Manko Ubered. Mm. Yeah, see, I'm try- exactly. I'm trying to make a... I'm still trying to... I'm stuck on this charcuterie thing. <laughs> Shoof's goes with the classic. How about we just call it the Flames top line? Very creative. What about like a like a Charcuzmenko, Charcuz, Charcuserie, who Bordeaux? Ooh. Doesn't really roll off. Darn it. Try saying that a few times fast in a call. <laughs> this Texas. Maybe we just wait to see if they're together next week before we name the line. No. <laughs> we are immediately reacting to what Shan called the greatest line in Flames history. I thought it was over the top. And I stand by that. It was one game, and Shan's already ordered six Kuzmenko jerseys. I have. I have uh, every single Flames jersey in Kuzmenko 96. I I refuse to wait and see. We are pronouncing this as the de facto number one line. Backlund will hand a cup to Huberto, then to Sharon Govich, and then to Kuzmenko. That's what nope. Shan predicted. What, what I actually predicted is that Backlund will will strip himself of the C. Kuzmenko will have the C. He'll lift the cup in 2024 and then pass it to Huberto. The wine and cheese line? Uh, <sighs> this text says, I suggested this again, the foreign exchange line. All English second language and all acquired via trade. The ESL line? Yeah. That's not bad. <laughs> it's okay. It's just, just too many. <laughs> some of them are just, some of them are awful. And some of them, you know, they're awful. Sharkuzmido. No. That's Hub- not going to work. Hubmenkovic. Hubmenkovic. <laughs> you, you, Huber Mankovic. This is getting a little ridiculous. The ranch line. Russia and France. Oh, my. That's but not entirely no, true. That's French-Canadian. There's no, there's no French. It's yeah, French-Canadian. It's French-Canadian. not from France. Jonathan Huberto would be by far and away the best French player. Uh, I think that's true. I don't know enough about the French. We, we, got, we got Texier in there. I know him. He's from France? Right? Yep. The replacements. Stop. <laughs> That's enough. <laughs> uh, clearly, this is still a work in progress. If uh, Flames Talk taught us anything uh, on the Wednesday edition of Vickers and Steinberg, this is still a work in progress. And uh, yes, we are getting ahead of ourselves. And no, I, I don't care. I've had a lot of fun with it. Um, if you want uh, more fun line combinations, uh, name combinations, and apparently bad dad jokes, uh, Flames talk with Aaron Vickers and Pat Steinberg uh, still to come this afternoon. Uh, we're putting a wrap on Sportsnet today. We've had a busy show. Julian McKenzie joined us from New Jersey to get you set for the game. Adnan Verk, our Thursday regular. You want to hear how his dinner went with sport broadcasting legend Bob Costas? You can check in with that. We even talked some international hockey with Verk as well and took a look at the opposition with James Nichols, who covers the Devils for New Jersey Hockey Now. Heard from head coach Ryan Huska. Jonathan Huberto, and Martin Pospisil all on a game day. If you missed any of it, check us out on the podcast, Google, Amazon, Spotify, or your favorite podcatcher. We'd love to have you along for the ride. If you listen live or on the podcast, appreciate you. Cam and Shan, great work today as my outstanding producers. Uh, Appreciate that. Enjoy the Flames and the Devils again at 4 p.m. Flames warm-up with the one and only Pat Steinberg. 5 o'clock Flames hockey with Megan Mickelson and Derek Wills right here on your home of the Flames. This is Sportsnet 960, The Fan.